Good morning, Soul City Church. How are you doing this morning? Good to see you here. Awesome. Those of you who are gathered here or who are watching online right now or maybe listening to the podcast later, I am so glad that you took time out of this holiday week to be with us. Having the 4th of July on a Wednesday just messed everyone up. No one knew when Friday was. No one knew how to go to work this week. So you knew today was Sunday and you decided to show up here. And I believe you're here for a divine appointment. I know that there are a lot of us carrying more than we were ever meant to carry in our lives. And there are maybe burdens that you've been carrying. There's a overwhelming sense of maybe loneliness or you feel like you've lost your purpose and something in you, I believe that's God, his spirit, told you to get here today. And I believe God has already and wants to continue to meet with you. You made the right choice by saying yes to God today. And our hope and our prayer is over the next few moments that you will continue to have an undeniable transformational experience with the living God, that you would leave here encouraged, that you would leave here hopeful, and that you would know that you met with the living God. So I am so, so glad you're here. Again, my name is Jarrett Stevens, one of the lead pastors. We are in a teaching series called Spiritually Practical. We tend to overcomplicate life, and specifically people of faith tend to overcomplicate spiritual things. We want to get as simple and as practical as possible with our faith. So that's what we're looking at. Last week we talked about spiritual gifts. Today we're talking about the Bible. And I want to share with you something from the Bible that I believe actually can radically change the way that you engage with the Bible. But more importantly, it can radically change you. And what there's nothing in this world that you love more than you. And so we're going to talk all about you and the Bible uh, this weekend. But before we do, we're going to do something we regularly do here. We are actually going to take time to respond to God. The Bible actually teaches that every good and perfect gift, uh, every blessing in your life comes from God, that it actually is all a blessing, whether you recognize it or not. And it comes, it has a source, it comes from God. And we are invited then to respond to that out of gratitude, to say thanks to God. Giving is one of the ways that we say thank you to God. And there's lots of different ways that we do that, but in the next few moments, we're going to give back financially to the work that God is doing in and through this church, both in this church and in this city and literally around the world. And this is for those of us who call God our Father, call this church our home. This is just a chance for us to say thank you to God, to respond to Him. A couple different ways you can do that. Uh, you can actually give the old school way. We're going to pass the buckets in a minute. If you like doing that, uh, you can do that. If you get to the end, the bucket gets to the end of your aisle and you're like, oh, it's a little light this week. That's because the majority of our church actually gives online. We actually give online. A couple ways to do that. You can text in to give. That's amazing. You can do that. Had a guy text me this week, said, hey, I'm ready to start giving to Soul City Church. Can you walk me through how to do the texting thing? I'm like, it's real simple. Text the number and you're ready to go. That's literally all you have to do. Whoa, heads up. Water bottle. I'm glad it was over there. We'll get that for you. Uh, we'll get that for you later. We'll fill it up for you too. Yeah, unless you want me to have that, I'm not sure. If that's your offering, then we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Hey, give what you got. That's all we can say. So you can you can throw your offering in. You can text it in, or you can give online, and that's one of the best ways to uh, to do it. Is to actually give online, you can do that by going to our website. That's how Gene and I give. It's how so many folks in our church give. It's one of the best ways for you to be consistent with your gratitude. So I'm going to ask our amazing volunteers to come forward right now to receive our response to God this week. Again, this is just those of us who call this place our home and God our Father and come ready to give today. Well, we talked just a second ago. Nancy had you talk about some life hacks, and I'm a little kind of obsessed 
with life hacks because I love anything that can make my life a little bit better and a little bit faster. Anything that can help me get things done a little bit better, a little bit faster, smarter way of doing things, I'm in. I'm interested. And I'm not sure if you, when you talk to the person next to you about one of your favorite life hacks, did anyone here mention the banana, that you've actually been doing the banana wrong your whole life? Did you know that if you open or you peel the banana from the top where the stem part is, you're doing bananas wrong. You're actually supposed to do it from the bottom. That's how the monkeys do it. You're supposed to do it from the bottom and you get less strings that way. It's, it's easier to open that way. So now look, there's something you know. Literally, we're here to change your life. I don't know if you knew this. If you love Tic Tacs, if you're a fan of Tic Tacs, little mint Tic Tacs, did you know that the lid on the Tic Tac is actually meant to be a tray for your Tic Tac? You're supposed to, well, I'm glad you knew that. So you're supposed to open it and then you just tap it and one falls perfectly into this little plate, this little plate that they made for you. So you only have to have one Tic Tac, not the 20 that come out when you do it the other way. Simple little thing to help your life be better. Uh, how about this? Anyone here love popcorn? Just like, if you love movie popcorn, you love getting popcorn in the movies, awesome. Yep, you are God's favorite. So the thing, I love, I love movie popcorn. I'll, I would just go to the movie theater and just get the popcorn and walk out. I love movie theater popcorn. I also love butter. I know that I can't have a lot of it, but I like the movie theater butter. I don't know if you've ever seen someone doing this before, but you know, you do the butter on the top and then you have to like shake it around and then you kind of do the more butter and shake it around. Popcorn spills everywhere. I don't know if you've seen anyone do this. You put a straw to the little nozzle where the butter is. You put that in your popcorn and then you do the butter. It goes everywhere all throughout the popcorn. I am changing your life. This is happening right here, right now. Again, I'm just here to help. I don't want you to ever say that you came to church and didn't learn anything. I want to help you, okay? Which, which, stay with me, brings us to the Bible. Because there are lots of different ways to approach the Bible, lots of different ways to come at the Bible. How you view and what you do with the Bible actually really matters. And in fact, you may be totally new around the Bible and go, I don't even know what to do with the Bible. Or maybe you've kind of been doing it a certain way your whole life, but never even stopped to check, hey, is this the way that God has invited me to engage the Bible? Or is this the way I picked up along? Someone told me to do it this way when I was a kid. Lots of different people view and use the Bible in different ways. Some people view the Bible as sort of just, you know, a religious book that has some spiritual fairy tales. And there's kind of some morality to it, and they kind of use it just for the story side of it. It's one way of viewing and using the Bible. Other folks tend to look at it as a book of sort of ancient sound bites. And they try and just get a little phrase, a little bumper sticker kind of thought out of the Bible to kind of help them out with their life. Some people tend to use the Bible like ammunition. And they try and find verses in the Bible that back up their beliefs, their policy, their politics, their life choices, whatever it may be. They tend to look at the Bible as sort of ammo to back up their position on things. How you view and how you use the Bible really matters. And I just want to ask a question as we dive in to get spiritually practical with the Bible. I want to ask an honest question. Could it be that we are actually coming to the Bible the wrong way for the wrong reasons? Could it be, honest mistake, or maybe didn't even ever realize it, that you might actually be coming to the Bible the wrong way, that you might be missing that kind of the point of what God wants to do through the Bible for all the wrong reasons, that there is actually reasons and ways that God has invited you into experiencing him around his word. I, I believe that this is 
one of the primary ways that God wants to speak to your life. I believe, I've experienced it, I believe it, the Bible in fact even says it, that God dynamically speaks directly into your life. He moves through space and time, through words that were written thousands of years ago, to speak directly into your life today. How is it that you've maybe been around the Bible for a long time, you can read a verse a hundred times, and God will speak to you directly, intimately, in a different way, uniquely, each and every time. I don't know another book that does that. And I don't want to miss what God actually has for me in the Bible. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible. And I'm going to ask everyone to do this, all right? So there should be a Bible right under your seat. If you brought one with you, we'll make sure you get the extra credit for that. But if not, grab, I want everyone to do this. I know every week I say grab a Bible and some people just kind of like pretend to grab one and then don't. I'm not the flight attendant giving you the instructions at the beginning of the flight. I actually want you to do this. Pay attention, grab a Bible. It's going to be helpful for you. I want you to hold this and actually have one with you the whole time. Because if we're going to talk about how to get spiritually practical with this book, we've got to get honest about this book. This is not an easy book to read. Let's just start there. It is not a book meant to be read cover to cover. This is one book, one cohesive, complete book, but it's actually written and divided into two separate and distinct parts. And actually, within those two different parts, there's 66 different books within the Bible written by 40 different authors over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years in three different languages. And on top of that, there's not just one literary style to the Bible. There is within the Bible bi biographical accounts, there's historical accounts, there's poetry, there's wisdom writings, there's prophecies, there's personal letters, and there's letters to churches. In fact, this book has actually been printed over six billion times. And that was before they made it into an app. It's been printed six billion times and translated into more, more languages than any book in actual human history. It's a book so complex that people literally dedicate their entire life to studying it. And it's so simple that a child can get it. A child can read it and hear from God in this book. Tell me, do you have any other books on your shelf like that? Now, I was a kid who grew up with the Bible. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't. We all have different stories, but I grew up with the Bible. In fact, I grew up with a lot of the Bible. In fact, as a kid, I would get rewarded for how much I knew about the Bible. I would get stickers at church for verses that I memorized. We would have competitions where they would say a specific book and chapter and verse, and whoever could get there the fastest would win favor in God's eyes. That's really, I mean, that's, that's how I assumed that it actually went. We called those sword drills because the Bible says that the Bible is like a sword, and so we would call them sword drills because we were preparing for nerd battle, I guess. But I... I, w I grew up around this. In fact, I sang songs about the Bible as a kid. There were whole songs about the Bible that I learned as a kid. One of them was the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I sang that song as a child. Please don't cheer or support that. All of my friends were singing Beat It. I was singing the B-I-B-L-E. So I grew up with a lot of this particular book. In fact, I got my first Bible when I was seven years old. I've shared it with you before, if you've been around here for a while. This is my very first Bible. It's a New Testament given to me by Mrs. Dopart, my Sunday school teacher, and it has my name engraved in gold. It's very, very valuable to me. 
Uh, and so this is, was my very, very first introduction to the Bible, written in King James, so I couldn't understand a word <laughs> that it said, but it was my first Bible. So when I graduated from eighth grade, my parents did me one better, and they bought me a study Bible, complete with leather cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is that Bible. It has the sword, just to let you know I am ready for battle. Uh, and, this, and this study Bible was a big deal to me. This is what I uh, kind of grew up on. It carried me all the way through college because in here there was notes and commentary and there were colored maps and uh, there was the all-important uh, scales of weights and measurements so I could tell you exactly what something weighed in the Old Testament if I needed to. Uh, this was a very, very, very important book to me. And this is a very, very important book to me. This was actually my grandmother's Bible that she gave to me before she passed away. Again, what's with the swords? <laughs> so, just calling out a theme here. And I love this Bible. I love that this was the Bible that my grandmother used to grow in her relationship with God. And I also love that it's large print. And I love that she just owned that and had a giant large print telephone book style uh, Bible. Listen, I have within my office and at home no less than 30 different Bibles. I have, like I said, I've grown up with the Bible. It's been all around me. And that may or may not be your story. But the point is that right now in our country, unlike some countries in the world, some places in the world, uh, where the Bible is actually illegal, where you're arrested and imprisoned for owning the Bible, that's not actually the story in our country. In fact, we have greater access to the Bible than at any point ever in human history. There is literally nothing keeping you from that book that you hold in your hands. I don't think our challenge with the Bible is access. I think it's interest. I don't think it's access. You, gotta, you can get it on your phone. I think it's interest. That for whatever reason, folks, don't look to God to speak through this book like he promises that he actually well, and as we talked about last week, we actually looked at how the rise of self-help and self-improvement books has actually grown exponentially year over year over year. It's not that people aren't looking for wisdom. It's not that people aren't looking for direction. It's not that they're not looking for a connection to something greater than themselves. It's just that they don't tend to look here for it. And I wonder why that is. Could it be that we maybe are coming at or viewing this book the wrong way for all the wrong reasons. And could it be that God actually wants to speak to you, like actually speak to you, directly speak to you, encourage you, challenge you, teach you, grow you up, transform you through you engaging with this book, through you engaging with him through this book. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that Bible that you've been holding so patiently, and I want you to turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Now, in these Soul City Bibles, that's going to be on page 498. We are going to look at a way to engage with God through this book, all right? Psalm 119, page 498 in the Soul City Bible. And let me give you some context as to where we're coming at with this particular passage of the Bible. Psalm 119 is actually, a little fun uh, Bible nerd fact, is one of the longest, no, I'm sorry, not one of, it is the longest psalm in the Bible. In fact, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter within the Bible. And I thought, since we're talking about how to get spiritually practical with the Bible and engage the Bible, since it's the longest chapter in the Bible, I thought it'd be fun for me just to read it through 
uh, verse by verse over the next 45 minutes in its original Hebrew language, just because I just feel like that's going to help you love it all the more. No, we're actually not going to do that. This book, though, this part of the, the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 119, there's a tradition that King David, who wrote it, used it to teach his son, Solomon, the alphabet. He used this passage to teach him. It's a long way to teach him, but he used it to teach him the alphabet. And more so than just his letters, he used it to give him a sort of spiritual ABCs, a way of knowing and relating with God in the world. And all throughout Psalm 119, David gives us a way of coming to this book to meet with God that I think we might have missed. So let's start in Psalm 119, verse 97. David says this, Oh, how I love your law or your word, your will, your way. He says, I, what's the next word? I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. Now, in this particular context in that day, there was a lot of that sort of enemies and allies and that sort of language. And so David is saying here, listen, I meditate, I sit with your word speaking to me through this book, and it gives me a wisdom greater than anything or anyone that comes at me. Verse 99, I have more insight than all my teachers. A real humble brag here, David. I have more insight than all my teachers. For I, what's the word again? For I meditate on your statutes. There's another way of saying your words, your will, your law. I have more understanding than the elders. There he goes again. For I obey your precepts. Now, outside of a couple of those humble brags there, what is David trying to get us to draw our attention to? What's the word that appears a couple different times? To meditate. It's that word meditate. And I just want you to think for a second about your life and what that word means to you. Maybe that's a regular practice that you do. Uh, statistically, for most Americans, it's not. To actually carve out time to sit and be still and go slow. David says, that's what I choose to do with this book to encounter, to experience God. I choose to meditate on it, to sit with it, to stay with it so that it gets in me and then works its way through me in my everyday life. I think this is one of the greatest gifts God's given us through this book is the invitation to meditation, the invitation to meditate and to go slow with the Bible. So I believe that when it comes to the Bible, a lot of different ways to approach it, a lot of different and amazing uses for the Bible. But I believe that one of the greatest ways to grow is when you go slow. Going slow is one of the greatest ways for you to grow in the Bible. How many of you have ever done like, you don't have to raise your hand at this, but the Bible in a year challenge. There's a way to read through the whole Bible in a year. I've done that twice in my life. I'm grateful for that challenge. That's not going slow. That is racing through the Bible. And it has its merits. It has its value. That's not what David is talking about here. What David is talking about is meditating, is going slow, is sitting with, is staying with, because that is where the real growth is. Now, I want you to think about the last time that you were at the gym. I want you to think about the last time you were at the gym. Keep thinking. Keep trying to remember when. <laughs> go away. Okay, odds are last time you were at the gym or sometime that you've ever been at the gym at some point in your life, uh, you saw someone maybe over in the free weight section or maybe on a machine just cramming out sets, just going so fast. They're just, they're just pumped up, right? And they're just kind of just going, 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 slamming the weights down. Woo! You know, and they're just going really, really, really fast. 
and it looks like they know what they're doing. Odds are they do not know what they're doing. Maybe they're just going fast because they want it to be over with as soon as possible, right? And there is some value to going fast when you're working out. You can uh, get a little stronger that way. But a lot of science and a lot of studies shows that one of the greatest ways to build more muscle over time is to actually go slow with it. Not like super mega slow, just slow and steady. Because what happens when you go fast lots of times is that you lose focus on your form. You could actually end up injuring yourself or hurting yourself or missing the whole point of that exercise. But when you go slow, you're focused, you're concentrated, your attention is actually on what you are doing. And you have a greater potential to grow more muscle over time. This is why people love yoga. I know there's a lot of folks in our church that do yoga. Yoga is not about going fast. It's about going slow and focusing and staying with positions. Imagine that same guy going into a yoga studio and be like, whoa, let's do this. All right, here we go. Let's get started. We're going to go start off with the cat-cow pose, then the downward dog, warrior one, warrior two, going to move to the tree pose, camel pose, throws his mat down, nailed it. That's not really going to like, I don't know a lot about yoga, That's not how you do yoga, from what I understand. That's not how you do yoga. That guy would not really be welcomed in that studio because the point there is to go slow. That's the best way to do yoga. And I would contend that that is one of the greatest ways, one of the best ways to go about engaging with God through this book is to actually go slow, to sit with, to stay with. That's what David's talking about here. In fact, he goes on to say this in verse 101. He says this, He says, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws. Now look at what he says here. Look at this. For you yourself have taught me. Do you see that the relationship that David has with God through the Bible? David says, it's you yourself, God, who actually teaches me through this book. It's that God is speaking to me in a divine and dynamic way. God speaks to me through this book. Listen to me. I don't need, you probably don't need any more books on your shelf or on your Kindle. You have plenty of books. What I need and I believe you need and what we most want is for God to speak to us. We want to hear from God. And David says, that's how I do it. I hear from you. When I come and I meditate and I sit with and I stay with and I go slow, you yourself, God, teach me and speak into my life. Now look at the imagery he uses in verse 103. He says this, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, or your laws, your will, your way. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. You teach me yourself, God. I delight in your word. And he goes on to say this in verse 105. Maybe it's a verse you've heard before. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Isn't that a beautiful image? And I don't know when the last time was that you actually walked in the dark where there was, you couldn't see anything. All you had was a flashlight. You ever had that? Odds are when all you could see was what was right in front of you with the flashlight, you probably weren't running unless someone was chasing you. But again, again, (laughs) probably weren't running. You go slow. And David's saying that's what God's word does. It illuminates, it guides, it directs the next step. It doesn't happen in a hurry. It doesn't happen when you're kind of racing through and rushing through. It happens when you go slow. I love how David uses the words here that he delights and depends on God speaking to him. 
that the Bible is both a gift and a guide to him. And that when we choose to marinate with it, just let it sit and stay with us, to meditate on it, to go slow, we actually can hear God speak to us. Someone said, no one knows exactly who, someone said that reading the Bible without meditating upon it is like trying to eat without swallowing. That you're not actually getting the nourishment that you need from it. It's like just kind of cramming a bunch of stuff in and then just moving right along. Instead, the invitation is to come to and go slow. And so what I want to do over just the next few moments is to teach you a spiritually practical practice that you can actually engage in your everyday life. And it's one that can take you a few minutes or moments or one that you can kind of spread out and take your time with. But it has the power to radically transform not only the way you engage the Bible, but radically transform your life. It opens your life up to allow you to listen to God actually speaking to you. To live the life God actually intends you to live. To be the person God actually created you to be. Now, this is a practice, a spiritual practice taught to me by one of my spiritual mentors, a woman named Ruth Haley Barton, but she didn't make it up. It actually goes back about 300 AD, as far as we can tell. Uh, Folks of faith have been using this as a way to engage God through the Bible, and it's called, a practice called Lexia Divina, Lexia Divina, which is just a way of saying a divine reading. It's a way of spiritually reading a passage, the Bible, a verse, or a couple verses. It's a way of engaging God in dynamic and real time through the Bible. And it's a way of actually choosing to go slow. Here's how it works. Kind of want to break down this ancient practice that we're going to actually incorporate into our lives throughout the course of this week together as a church. Real simple. Now, this is the kind of stripped down, simple version of it that any one of us can engage with God on. Starts with this. Start, first step is this, is to just rest. And again, you can take 30 seconds or so. It can be done like that, or maybe you want to take a couple minutes to just rest. And by rest, what I mean there is that you want to sit in silence. For me, it helps to close my eyes so there's no other distractions. Definitely put away any technology. Keep it like, a, like throw it in another room or down the street or anywhere away from me so it's not a distraction. So I want to sit, I want to rest close my eyes. What helps for me is to slow my breathing down a little bit. I can get revved up and kind of go into my day. So I just slow my breathing down. And as I do, I choose to drop my agenda. Just drop whatever agenda I showed up with. Just say, God, I'm just here. I'm I'm open. I want you to speak. And I just rest. And then what you do is you read. It could be a verse. It could be a couple verses, five, six, seven verses. You pick a particular passage And you read through it slowly. You're reading with an open heart and open life to God to speak to you through it. And as you are reading, you're looking for or listening for a word or a phrase that for whatever reason God brings to the surface. And it may have something to directly do with the passage you're reading or it may not. It may just be a word and you're like, oh man, God, I needed to hear that. Maybe you're reading the passage and you come across a word like burden. And you just go, God, that's what my life feels like right now. It feels like a burden. That word, for every reason, just rose to the top. Man, work feels like a burden. This relationship feels like a burden. 
life feels like a burden. You just hold on to that little word or that little phrase from the collection of verses that you read and just hold on to it. You just kind of put it aside for a second. Don't try and attach any meaning to it. Don't try and make sense of it. Don't write a sermon about it. That's, that's for me. Just set it aside. And then you repeat the process again. Rest, silent, read the passage again. And then what you want to do is just reflect again on that word. And then you respond to God out of that. And responding to God is just you in your own words talking to God with the word he gave you or the phrase he gave you. And it can be as simple as, God, thank you for this word. You know my life has felt like a burden right now. Now I know you promised me I can lay all my burdens down at your feet. You told me your burden is light. So God, I want to lay this burden down. And you name what it is. Again, that's just one little word. I just made all that up right there. But God may have a word or a phrase for you, and it's going to unlock. He wants to speak to you through this book, unlike any other book you own, through this book in real time to your life, a verse that you may have read a hundred times before, and he speaks to you through a little word or a little phrase, and you hold on to that, and you carry that word or phrase with you throughout the day, and you remember that God is real, and that he is good, and that he loves you, and he is speaking to you. It's a beautiful practice that, again, anyone or everyone can do. It's not like some magic trick to get God to talk to you. It's not like rubbing the lamp. It's actually not a spiritual life act. It's just a way of engaging with God around the Bible. And here's the good news. You may be kind of new around the Bible or just coming back to the Bible. Here's the great news about this spiritual practice. You don't have to, like, have a ton of verses memorized to be able to do this. You don't have to be a Bible expert to be able to do this. You don't have to know all the order and all the names of all 66 books in the Bible. You don't actually have to do that. All you have to do is show up with an open heart to God and slow down and let God do what he promised he would do to speak to you and then to hold on to whatever that word or that phrase is that he gives you. All you have to do is be willing to actually set aside some time and show up. And rather than me talking to you anymore about the Bible, I thought it would be really fun to jumpstart your homework this week is for us to actually practice Lexio Divina together. To actually take a moment in our church together to do this ancient spiritual practice in real time. And here's what I've been praying for you. I'm praying that you are going to hear from God right now in this moment. I'm praying that you're going to hear a little word of encouragement, of hope, of challenge, of reminder of God's faithfulness, of peace, of love. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to actually do this practice together right now because this is our homework that we're going to do throughout the week. And what I want you to do before we come to the time of resting and being still and silent is I want you to kind of consciously right now put away any and all distractions, okay? So anything that's going to distract you, kind of put that away right now. If you haven't already, this is a great time to silence your phone. Uh, Or if you happen to have a kid with you, it's a great time to silence your kid. If your kid's on your phone, silence your kid, then silence your phone. Whatever it is that you need to do to get any distractions away from you, because we're actually going to to do this together. In a moment, I'm going to give us a time to rest, to be still. I encourage you to put both feet on the ground. If it helps to open your palms up in your lap, to close your eyes maybe, to be real still. We're just going to open ourselves up, slow down, meditate for just a moment.
I'm going to read through a passage from Romans chapter 8. As I read through it, I'll read slowly and intentionally. Listen for a little word or a phrase. Don't judge it. Don't try and give it meaning. Just pick it out and put it aside, okay? We'll put it up on the screen if that helps you. But if it helps to keep your eyes closed, I'd encourage you to do that. Then I'm going to take a breath. We're going to read the passage again. You're going to listen for and look for that word or that phrase to come up again. And then you're going to respond to God in your own words out of whatever that word or that little phrase was that he spoke to you about today. Isn't this powerful? We're actually all going to open up our lives to hear from God right now. What a beautiful gift. So let's put away anything that might distract us. Let's take the next few moments to just rest and be quiet and be still and slow down to let God speak. listen for a word or a phrase from Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now just sit for a moment with that word, that phrase. Just hold on to that. What popped out to you? And look for it again as I read through this in Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I want to give you just the next few moments to take whatever that word or that phrase was in your own words to God right now in prayer. Again, you don't have to be an expert at prayer. You just tell him what's on your heart right now. 
just let them know, God, thank you for this word. Or God, I, I needed to hear that today. God, help me to grow in this. You just take a few moments to respond right now to God in prayer. Thank you, God, that you are here. Thank you, God, that you speak. Help us to listen and help us to obey. In your name, amen. Amen. You just did a spiritual practice, one that has guided folks for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Something that maybe before you even came to church today seemed so hard or so difficult or something that only professional or expert Christians do. You just did it. And it's something that you can actually begin to do and engage in your everyday life. Imagine if you actually opened yourself up to hearing from God for just a few moments every day. If you showed up and slowed down and said, God, I'm here. I want you to speak. I believe you'll speak. God, you promised me you'll speak. So speak into my life today. Can you imagine what might shift in the way you look at your day to carry that word, whatever that word or phrase is that God just gave you. Isn't that cool? God gave you that. You get to carry that around with you today. What a great reminder of his faithfulness to you. So not surprisingly, here's our homework this week. We're going to do this practice together over the course of the week. And one of the ways I want to encourage you to do this is to check in with our social feeds. And the reason for that is we're going to post up a verse, a little reading for us to do Lexia Divina with each day. We're going to get it up as early as we can get it up so that you can actually have that with you for the day. And we encourage you to take some point at some day, part of your day to just slow down and to do what we just did. To rest, to read, reflect, repeat, and then respond to God. What a dynamic way for you to engage with God and allow Him to speak through these words into your heart and life. And we're so serious about you actually doing this practice at home or at work that Marvin's actually volunteered to go ever wherever you live or wherever you work and play keys behind you the whole time to help you do that. Isn't that generous of him? He's using his spiritual gifts in this church to do that. So first come, first serve. So you got to but that's our homework for this week. Imagine, 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 imagine what might happen if we actually all did this together as a church. God, can you imagine a, a collection, a community of people saying, we're going to slow down. This world is fast enough. It's only getting faster. It's only getting crazier. So I'm going to choose to go the other way. I'm going to slow down. I got a thousand voices speaking at me all the time, a thousand voices in my head. I'm going to slow down so I can hear the one true voice that knows my name. That's known me since before I even had a name. Who's with me every single day of my life. Who loves me and has given me the opportunity to be in a relationship with him, to have a dynamic, divine connection to him through this book, this utterly unique, extraordinary book. And so that's what I want us to do right now. I actually want us to close in prayer by doing something a little different. I'm going to ask you to stand and grab that Bible that you had earlier. Go ahead and grab that Bible you had earlier. 
Now, you know, if you've been around Soul City, we like to pray with our hands open to God. It's a posture to say we're open to you, God. I'm going to actually ask you to place that Bible in your open hands. I've never prayed this way in our church before. I'm going to ask you to actually place that Bible in your hands. And, it, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. If you don't own a Bible, for whatever reason, you just don't have a Bible, uh, that Bible you're now holding in your hand is yours. Please steal a Bible from church today. We're that serious about you engaging with God. If you don't own one, steal one. Uh, and we say it all the time. Anyone can steal a Bible. We just ask that it's the only thing you steal from church today. Okay. So with that Bible in your hand, let's pray together right now that God would do what he promised he would do through this book in our lives. Will you join me in prayer and response together to God? God, thank you for your living word. Thank you that it is living and active. It's not a collection of old historical tales or fairy tales or little spiritual precepts to give us a little fix for the day. No, it's dynamic. You speak to us in real time through this word as you've spoken to generations who've come before us. God, thank you for this practice, this little way of slowing down, of going slow with you through your word. Help us to do so. God, help us to be willing to show up and slow down this week. And Jesus, we thank you for the fact that you are actually our living word. You are the fullness of God incarnate. You are the one who gives us the perfect picture of God. And you offered your life for us. You gave your life on a cross. We're raised by God from the dead so that we could actually have life. And you've given us an ending to the story, and it is good. There is hope. There's joy in whatever season we may be walking through so we can actually say, stand on the confidence of what this book tells us and praise your name regardless of wherever we may be standing right now. We can stand on your word and praise your name. Whatever season or storm we may be walking through, we can praise your name because you are good and you still speak and you still move. And so we're counting on you to do that today. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.